Hello, 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 and welcome to another episode of Podcast Pasta. That's a podcast that's like pasta, not the podcast that's about pasta. As always, I'm your host Mike, and today I'm joined by Jay, the creative mind and host of Style and Substance, a YouTube channel that focuses on film critique and analysis. Jay, how are you doing today? I'm doing okay. I'm doing okay. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. Now, Jay, what I usually like to do for my guests is I know I gave you a very bare bones introduction there, but I guess if you want to kind of expand on、um, what I said, maybe explain to my audience like the like your intended purpose for the content that you put out on Stylin's、um, substance and like overall like what what drives your channel basically. Um, well, to be quite honest.、Um... Ever since I started really watching YouTube more regularly, especially like kind of like film reviews, film analysis, I kind of thought, oh, okay, I want to watch more films, and I want to kind of like engage in this. But I wanted to make sure that I would watch more films first. But then as time went on, I kind of、um, how do I say this? I did, I stopped liking like kind of the output of a lot of、um, content creators, and I thought, okay, well, let me just do it my own way, if that makes sense. And once I had a Better grasp on like film history. I started like really kind of、uh, focusing on these movies,、um, but it took me a while to really、uh, start my channel because I, I either felt like I wasn't ready or I just didn't know what to do.、Um, but come like 2018, I decided like okay, well, there's this movie、uh, Possession that I think that. There was something that I was talking about with some friends about it, and they're like, "I never saw it that way. You should like write about that." I'm like, "You know what? Maybe I should." And I didn't really know how much my YouTube channel would take off and how like regularly I would upload. But as time went on,、uh, I started getting an audience, and basically I have just kind of continued ever since. But the thing is, I guess like what I'm trying to do with my channel is,、um, in addition to spotlighting,、um, kind of like. Less known or underrated or kind of like classic cinema. I'm also sort of interested in above all else,、um, kind of challenge the way that we kind of like engage with media. I want people to、um, think critically. I don't even mind if somebody like disagrees with some of my assessments about something,、um, but at the same time, I just want to. I want people to think. More critically, I want people to kind of broaden their horizons. I want people to be able to kind of,、um, really try to understand kind of the media that they consume, the、uh, the type of art that they engage with,、um, because I've noticed that like on the internet, especially, I see really kind of like reductive discourse about art, and sometimes it's like well, there's there maybe an interesting criticism, but it's like people will look at things in a very like black and white. Good or bad, binary kind of terms. Where I kind of prefer like looking at things with nuance. I like to look at things like from from a multitude of different perspectives.、Um, maybe some readings are kind of a bit more、um, appropriate than others. But at the end of the day, I am not. I don't really like to like. You behold into like one singular reading, if that makes sense. Like as much as like auteur theory may have its place within like film discourse, and I definitely like advocate for it. I think also at the same time, I think that to limit it to just that kind of the intention, the immediate intentions of the、um, author, I think it kind of limits like 
the way we can engage with these. I think there's a multitude of different conversations. And above all else, I think the conversation that I would rather have when it comes to films is not whether or not it's good or bad, right? Uh, you follow? Like, I, got I, you, yeah. Yeah, I, I would rather talk about um, what this film is about or alternatively, kind of like, how do we approach this? Like from from like, you know, one lens or another, you know, whether that be like a, a, film, a feminist, like analysis, um, a Marxist critique, uh, I, I'm kind of quite into like postmodernism. I used to kind of do a bit more when it comes to like spirituality. I haven't, I haven't done that as much lately, but this, what I'm saying is like, there's a multitude of different perspectives. You don't even have to necessarily agree with like the political lens per se. It's just that like, I would rather like try to understand the world even when it comes to perspectives i don't necessarily like agree with does that make sense and of course things that i, I do agree with too I, I just think that there's so many different ways that we can approach art and i'm trying to invite people to do that more if that makes sense no i i i got you exactly um one thing that i have noticed because i i do partake in like in a lot of uh, film critique youtube is that a lot of uh, with a lot of channels, like a lot, their background really does influence how they approach film analysis. So you have channels like Just Right, where they focus on um, the writing of films. You have channels like Sideways that focus on the musicality and like you know mm-hmm. the scores that influence uh, television and you know other forms of media. I, I guess what I want to try and ask you then is, how do you think your background has influenced how you approach uh, film critique and analysis? Um, well, first, I think that everything is somewhat informed by taste. Um, and by that, I mean, like, um, kind of the things I like is, is what I'm more likely to talk about. Yeah, every once in a while I do talk about something I don't like as much. But what I mean by that is, like, you know, I try to broaden kind of my taste in the first place because I'm like, well, I like you know, this type of movie, but then it's like, well, you know, maybe there's room for me to kind of explore beyond that. And I think what really kind of like has led me to um, the way that I analyze media, the way that I critique film is um, it's somewhat based off of kind of, in some ways, like my life experience in some ways. Like, I think the, the, the time I was getting into world cinema, like, you know, you know, you know, what people would consider like foreign films, although foreign to what exactly? Foreign to English, I guess. Um, when it comes to world cinema, like, I was getting into that the same time I was getting into, um, that I was like entering college, right? When I was like 18, 19. Um, and the people I would be befriending by and large were um, international students. So in some ways, like I would be watching like a film that was made in Iran um, at the same time um, with my job, I was tutoring um, students. So uh, I was tutoring uh, some students from Iran too. And, and, you know, and that's just one example. The same goes with like, you know, Chinese students, Chinese movies, um, Japanese students, Japanese movies, um, so on and so forth. And, and I would be kind of like really trying to broaden my perspective because what I hadn't realized before college is like how um, passively, um, I wouldn't call myself patriotic whatsoever, but like, I think like at one point of time, like I would have certain like values and ideas that were largely informed by kind of my like 
you know, cultural upbringing, if that makes sense. And I think in some ways, a lot of people, especially within the United States, and that's where I'm from, um, they have a tendency to kind of think like very in American terms or U.S. terms. Like, and I think like once I started realizing like, oh, hey, I'm largely informed by uh, my country. Um, let's see what else is out there though, right? And that's one reason why I'm like, well, let's let's see what's out there, like you know, all across the world, and and um, not and not just first world countries, not just English speaking countries. Let's let's think about like um, instead of just kind of seeing like you know countries and peoples as the other, which people kind of just like it's just true. People kind of just like um, unconsciously and passively do. I would rather kind of see them, you know, as people like just from a different culture. Right? I think people have this tendency, um, I guess you could call it like ethnocentrism. And I don't even mean that in a, in a you know, a necessarily toxic sense is kind of a, uh, in a way that people just have values that are um, largely a byproduct of their country. And, and once I really started realizing that, I wanted to break from that. So, and by breaking from that, I wanted to, above all else, just see things from all different perspectives, right? And I know that, like, you know, somebody like Just Right will focus on the screenplay, um, and uh, who's the other one? Sideways? Um, yeah, so Sideways was the other one I said. I don't, I, I, don't, I don't watch either one very closely. I have seen some of their stuff, and I think that, like, it's probably, like, totally fine to do that, to kind of focus on, like, one element. And um, the, the hesitance, something that I'm a little hesitant on, and, like, kind of, like, you know, following suit with kind of that trajectory is, I think that sometimes some people will go, some audience members may go to something like um, Just Right and kind of come with the assumption and leave with the assumption that um, the screenplay is like the um, heart of the film, right? And I don't necessarily agree with that um, because I think like, I, I guess like sideways probably, I, I can't imagine like people actually thinking that the music is like the number one thing that drives the film, but I think that people have this um, idea that, that the screenplay is, and I don't, I don't agree with that because I think that um, there's a lot more than just the written text. I mean, like, like the visuals itself communicates its own kind of message. I mean, that's what, kind of what my channel name is. Yeah, um, you know, style is substance. And I think like, you know, just by putting something onto screen, just by capturing something with the camera, you know, you are communicating all sorts of different things. You are, you know, documenting, but sometimes you're, in addition to documenting something, you're also kind of like, you know, creating something like that's like make-believe. And I think it's just, um, I guess like, I'm not sure if I'm actually answering your question. <laughs> um, but I guess like, I, I just want to make sure that the people that watch me don't kind of, you know, watch me regularly, don't kind of like uh, walk away from um, my videos with the assumption that kind of, oh yes, screen, screenplay is best or like, yes, visuals, you know, like the cinematography is like the, the heart. I don't think- Right, to take in the film heart. as there's a whole. Different... Yeah, I, th I think it's like, there's all sorts of different things that kind of like, you know, mash together to create, you know, an individual like text. And the thing is, you can come at it from different perspectives, if that makes sense. And that's what I want to promote. Right. And I know you kind of brought this up in the answer that you gave me uh, in regards to how you were, uh, uh, how you were approaching the, I, I believe, like the, um, 
the Iranian film, correct? Iranian, yeah. Iranian film, sorry.、Um, but I- I'm just kind of curious, like, in what ways do you、uh, see how like you're you're limited in your own approach to、uh, film analysis? Because like for me, for example.、Uh, I I just don't have really much of an ear for music, and so like I I could at best I could tell sometimes like when a soundtrack to a film is doing something interesting, but I can't really go beyond that level.、Uh, so do you have any like problems like that、uh, that you've noticed well, in was, the, the way that you approach films? Well, I will say because I don't really have much of a background with music, I would actually kind of like. I don't really talk about the music that much. Sometimes I will if I think it's like yeah, something's like obvious, but I don't really focus on the music. And I'm sure there are other people that are more qualified to do so. I mean, like I haven't really made films, so I mean, there's definitely some limitations. So I'm kind of I am coming at it from kind of like a literary,、um, in a similar way that I would, like you know. Write and critique a book. I'm kind of coming at it from as like an English major, right?、Um, and an English grad student, rather.、Um, I'm working on my master's, and the the thing is like, like there will be some people with that will use like I guess a more cinematic like vocabulary than I would.、Um, like you know, every I I sometimes have like a, a base like understanding of like oh this is what this shot is this is what this shot is but I don't really dwell on that and and as a result sometimes I may kind of like mix certain terms up in my head、uh, does that make sense、um, but that's like one limitation I think also、um, while sometimes I may try to like approach an argument、um, I, I guess I think like ultimately I think in literary terms I guess. Does that make sense? But by literary terms, I don't mean like by assessing the screenplay. I'm just like treating it like the, treating this as a, as I would a book. It, just like it has different tools to communicate something, and that's not limited to the screenplay. So, I I hope I'm answering your question. <laughs> no, no, I I, th- I get what you're saying.、Uh, it, it also kind of feeds into the whole question I had earlier, where how like your background is like influencing. The way that you view works, and you you view you have like that more literary sense of viewing a、yeah. piece in that way. As as a, as a text, and the audience can read different things into it, so long as it's supported by the text. If that makes sense, right?、Exactly. Um, you know, and because like art doesn't exist in a vacuum, and I don't think it exists. And some people like to act like it exists within, not within a vacuum, but just like what the author is trying to say. But it's like, yeah, but. The author is gonna ultimately gonna be communicating things, like it or not,、um, without、um, necessarily conscious awareness.、Um, it, it, that's that's just, that's just that's just the case. And sometimes it's like something you could say, like, well, if you look at it from this perspective, it's sort of saying this, even though even though the author may not even really like ever be thinking on those terms, which is fine with me. Um, because that's how I kind of think about books. That's how I think, you know, literature. That's how I think about like、uh, film. And and in some ways, that's if I were to like analyze music, which I just don't. That's probably how I would come at it. But like music has like its own kind of like, you know, grammar, its own kind of language of, of like you know like notes. And I I I I just don't. I haven't really studied it. And because in some ways, personally,、um, you know, I mean, I could be more cultured in music, but like part of me kind of just likes it for escapism. Some ways, and I get that. That's how some people approach film. It's not really how I approach film, but I, I get it if that makes sense.、Um, yeah, I think. Yeah.、Um, 
So I, I was checking through like uh, your catalog of the content that you put out on your channel, and you covered like a wide range of different films and <laughs> with that a wide range of topics. Uh, I I guess kind of I, I don't know if this is something you've ever actually thought about yourself, but are there any films that you don't think you would ever approach on your YouTube channel for one reason or another? Um, I I I don't want to ever say I don't want to ever say never, but um, I think that YouTube is kind of oversaturated with uh, kids films, especially from like DreamWorks and Disney, um, and because of that oversaturation oversaturation i don't see myself really covering disney films at least not anytime soon um and when it comes to kids films I i'm okay with covering like children's media it's or family media it's just that that's really not where my focus is going to be and i feel like there's so many people that are already talking about it and quite honestly i think in a bit in a bit of a worrying way <laughs> um so, so that's kind of like one area that I don't really see myself covering. Um, I don't, I guess, because um, I'm quite open to doing all sorts of different things. Uh, I think um, something else I probably want to cover is uh, I probably won't ever cover Marvel, honestly. Um, I may kind of like bring things up in passing. Uh, and I think that's just because it's just so oversaturated. I, I'm not against covering superhero media. It's just that, like, there's certain things that I feel like are, like, talked to death about, if that makes sense. And some things I, that, quite frankly, I'm not really that big of a, f that much of a fan on, fan of. Um, and, and I think, like, if something I don't really like that much is, like, talked about a lot, I probably won't talk about it. Maybe in passing. Um, also, if there's so, some kind of, like, film or there's some kind of film that kind of uh is just a recipe for like exhausting controversy like i will never i think i'll never make a video about cuties if that makes sense right. i i i made i brought it up briefly in, in my leon video because some people wanted to know my thoughts on it but it's like because i thought it was like a relevant place but uh like if there's there's some things i just don't have like the energy to to like deal with like kind of like a uh, critical response if that makes sense or like kind of like because the thing is people on youtube and this is true for twitter and probably i've never really been on tumblr and i hardly ever ever on reddit but but the, it's true for social media where people they talk in such like hyperbolic extremes with no nuance it's always just this or that good or bad and like you're either with the right people or you're with the wrong people it's like you, come on you got to be a bit more nuanced than that um and i mean i mean some of my videos have, have had a little bit of controversy when you know for one reason or another um not nothing nothing substantial i'm not really considered problematic but but like the things the thing is like people um people can be like really strongly opinionated on, on certain things if that makes sense um especially when it comes to films some people don't like to hear that hey um if you look at something like uh blade runner like hey there there is a conversation to be had here about consent like in 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 multiple different ways and or silence of the lambs like even if like the the intention is not to make um buffalo bill or jim gum um uh transgender 
there still is a conversation to be had about that. And I think that a lot of times people don't really try to um, talk about it with any sense of nuance where I'm like, no, I want to kind of like really evaluate like both sides where people are coming from, but I want to bring them to their logical extreme. I want I want to kind of like think about like, where is their level? Uh, where can there be discussion about this? Does that make sense without, and I think this is the main difference between me and, and some people that I see uh, raising these critiques or making these critiques is that I don't really moralize, generally speaking, if that makes sense. Like, I don't really, I'm not going to really judge somebody for like, you know, thinking one way or another necessarily when it comes to like, you know, liking art, even if it's like, you know, quote unquote problematic. I'm a bit more interested in, um, but I'm still interested in having those discussions that somebody may raise from one point of view or another. Does that make sense? Right, no, I got you, yeah. Um, I guess, uh, I, I also saw recently, I mean, not recently, I think it's been a little while back, but that you hit uh, 10k subs on YouTube, so mm -hmm. congrats for that. Thank you. Um, I think, I'm, I think I'm at 11k now, actually. Oh, nice. Yeah. Um, one thing that I always kind of lament as, like, a creator, and granted, you know, I'm not necessarily anywhere near the point where I have to really, really contemplate this idea, but, uh, do you ever worry about, like, the whole prospect of that you, you, you get, like, really big on YouTube and that it'll kind of basically affect your content in a negative way in a sense that it'll, like force your content to move one way because like for me being like a smaller creator i i really feel like open to like explore like my own avenues especially like in terms of like interviews i could like basically if a person if i find a person interesting enough to interview and if they say yes then i could just do it but i i i wonder if that freedom will be restricted for someone like me if uh, I become like bigger with time potentially, uh, do you see any like problems like That's, that potentially coming for I, you I, on the horizon? I have thought about this and there's actually two things I would say about that. Um, number one, it can affect the, the way that you make content. And then number two, it can make, it can affect you. Um, by you, I mean like any, like a person in the position of like getting bigger. And I'm not like huge, but like, I mean, I'm just saying, like, there was a point where I was at 40 subs, if that makes sense. And now I'm like, yeah, does that make sense? So, like, yeah, no, I got you. You know, it's like Mr. Big Show, it, you know. Yeah, I mean, it, <laughs> I, I compile it over time, and then it's like, okay. Right now, I'm thinking, like, yeah, 10K is not that big. But, you know, two years ago, I'd be like, like, will I be at 10K in two years? So, um, so I guess, like, one reason that I think that a lot of YouTubers actually, like, start you know, um, covering like Disney ad nauseum uh, in part, maybe because they like it. Maybe there's a bit of like kind of nostalgia, but I think a big part of it is like, it is advertiser friendly and, um, they know it will get clicks. Right. And in some ways it's like, well, if they got to put food on the table and this is how, and, you know, they're really making a living off of YouTube. It, I, I swear, I get it. I can, I can respect it, but only really to an extent. Cause I think a lot of times they can end up lacking integrity. And the question is like, if I were to get bigger, would I get more, um, would the way that I do things change? I would imagine that in some ways it would. I mean, quite honestly, like if you kind of like scroll through my catalog, um, yes, there will be kind of a popular movie that pops up here and there, but it was a bit more far and few between. Whereas this year, 
I kind of, um, you know, I, I, I mean, I've covered Blade Runner, Silence of the Lambs, uh, Do the Right Thing, um, Lean on the Professional, uh, uh, or, yeah, so there's, like, different things that, that I cover that I probably wouldn't have covered two years ago, if that makes sense, but now I'm like, well, I'm at a point where it's, like, this can help me grow, but at the same time, I don't really want to, like, sacrifice my integrity, so the way that I maintain integrity is that I want to come at it from, like, a fresh perspective, or at least a nuanced perspective that that some people may not really consider. And then, you know, I may do, like, a popular movie, and then right afterwards I may do a less popular movie and try to mix it up and kind of, you know, have the best of both worlds in that respect. I can imagine myself, if I, you know, if I were to get, you know, double my size um, or even, like, you know, or even get bigger from there, I can see myself... Um, focusing on popular movies a bit more. I can see that. Um, at the same time, I think, when I was like, because, but once I have a, a stable audience that, that I'll get clicks no matter what based off of me as a content creator, which I'm starting to get, I would feel like almost obligated to kind of show them cool stuff that, that they may not really be exposed to otherwise. So I, I do try to kind of like mix it up. Um, the, the one thing that I would like to kind of like expand upon you talked to you talked about will it affect me i don't think i'm going to reach a point where i'm going to start selling out if that makes sense like um, sponsorship I, deals I, I or anything say, yeah oh yeah that, well i have thought about will it, would it take like sponsorships or things like that because i have had some offers i've not accepted any i think it i don't want to like i said i don't ever like to say never and you never know if the some financial situation may may arise where it's like well this is you know People can endure 20 seconds, right? <laughs> um, but but at this point, I don't really see like a necessity for that. Um, and I don't want to sell out to the point where it's like I'm just making content for for clicks, if that makes sense. I, I want kind of like, I want to like maintain my integrity no matter what. And I, I've seen some people actually like start small and then get big. And the issue that I see from them, and this is the other issue that I, that I have with people getting big, is once they get big, they get prideful, right? To get, I mean, not, not to say I'm not proud of this, the content I, I produce, for the most part I am, but prideful in the sense where they start acting like this narcissistic know-it-all. It's true. Like, um, and some people like to kind of obscure it, but I think a lot of times YouTubers, they can be kind of like narcissistic, but sort of have like a superiority complex. And the superiority complex is it's like, wow, I'm, you know, famous within my little niche group of like, you know, you know, tens of thousands or hundreds of thousands of, of followers. But at the same time, they're also feel like, but I'm also, I feel like a lot of times they have imposter syndrome, uh, if that makes sense. And, and I think that they, they can, they can, they reek of anxiety at times. And not to say that I don't have anxiety. I do, but, but the thing is like, I, I, I'm very like introspective. If you, if you can tell, I, um, and I, and I take like my work seriously, relative, relatively speaking. You know, I, I I do also take it as YouTube. I don't think of it as like this academic endeavor. I I do think of it as more kind of like like kind of like making like zines, where it's like self-produced content, it's self-produced or self-produced kind of like like critique. And like, I don't see it as like you know on the same level as like you know academic papers that are peer-reviewed. I just don't. And some people try to. Um, and some people try to like frame my work as that relative to others. And it's like, it's, that's not what it is. You know, YouTube, YouTube is, is it, it's something else. Right. And I think that sometimes YouTubers when they get big, they, they become 
kind of they, they stick within their comfort zone also they don't really explore enough they don't really expand their horizons enough and then they kind of get like this whole group of people that kind of regurgitate the same kind of information then then like their followers do the same thing and i just think it's a little exhausting and i'd rather stay fresh if that makes sense um yeah <laughs> right now i got you now um Part of, uh, we, we had talked about this earlier, but part of what got me into your content was a lot of your videos focusing on, uh, like, uh, queer movies and movies that explore, like, stories of, like, sexuality and things like that. So I, I said, sexuality, like, yes. yeah, like, sex uh, and gender. Yeah, exactly. Hmm. Um, and not, I'm not, not to leak the DMs necessarily, but, uh, as we were talking about this, you said that you did, you, um, felt like your perspective would be limited in a modern sense because you didn't like a lot of modern, uh, queer <laughs> films. So I guess yeah. since I have you here, can you elaborate on your thought on those well, thoughts? I, I, I will say that I might be, um, a little short-sighted in this respect. It, it, it's not that I don't necessarily like queer cinema today per se it's just more like i'm not as big on kind of like um the mainstream or even necessarily independent scene of today like within the last 20 years like and i think like right now especially like there i'm sure that you know maybe a moonlight i think moonlight's fine and uh call me by your name i haven't seen but that may be good um there, there probably are some outliers but like within hollywood specifically is what i'm talking about here or, or within the united states at least um you know other countries that they they, they they were a little better at this but i think after brookback mountain in 2005 you know i think um gay movies and trans movies you know queer cinema uh within within the united states largely kind of got boring to me and i think that they kind of like lost their edge because now it's no longer kind of like um yeah we're the outsider and we're kind of you know this kind of like um underground uh this, there's like there's one this chaotic energy to it and nowadays you get some people that we'll call it problematic but, and there may be some like room for discussion there but at the same time I feel like it kind of like misses out on like, kind of the larger picture whereas nowadays I think that what you know gay people and trans people are really trying to advocate for is just to be kind of thought as normal and boring like everybody else <laughs> I mean that's, that's that may be a kind of reductive way to put it but that's kind of ultimately what kind of comes across I the one thing that I, I really am hesitant to really accept is kind of like there's like this notion among kind of like queer people that's like we need to retire the queer tragedy gay people and trans people their character characters representing them cannot die on screen they cannot be subjected to like you know abuse and stuff and i'm just thinking like well i like that stuff whether it's like you know queer or straight or whatever <laughs> you know i like um I kind of like things that are a bit more, you know, risque and kind of a bit more challenging. And sometimes in the process, it can highlight social issues. And that's kind of the thing. That's why I like things like Boys Don't Cry, which I think nowadays is a bit more. Um, it's, it's, I was surprised to hear that people are now considering it kind of more controversial or kind of problematic. I, I went into that in my video. Um, 
but but it's it's interesting to me because I think that a lot of people kind of don't really try to put things into perspective within their historical context, and in some ways now you get things and I haven't seen it so maybe I'm maybe I shouldn't talk but now you get things like uh, was it Love Simon or something like like and it's like this very kind of like sterilized um, uh, queer uh, sterilized queerness the queerness that's kind of like acceptable. And that acceptable in somewhat heteronormative. It's like, hey, look at me. I'm I'm just as boring and normal as you guys. And in some ways, it's sort of like pandering, if that makes sense. And maybe pandering to the wrong people. But then at the same time, I think that a lot of people. It's also, I mean, I get it. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I'm kind of coming out from one perspective. But I do understand that. What a lot of queer people are wanting is like we want representation and we don't want to be constantly be treated as kind of this novelty i get that um at the same time what they're ultimately advocating for are, are a little oftentimes are just not that great of movies <laughs> that makes sense um and but that's okay because i think like the average person doesn't necessarily have the in my opinion, the greatest movie taste in the first place. But I think sometimes, like, they have a tendency to moralize these films where it's like, well, yeah, but there's other ways to look at it. And I don't know, maybe I'm... But at the same time, I do think, like, yeah, we shouldn't, like, you know, limit the queer experience to kind of, like, these, like, avant-garde and um, chaotic and and, and tragic films. I, I get it. At the same time, I think that I don't want to kind of lose what we have had right in within kind of that niche and because i think there is a lot of good stuff to to um you know to be like talked you know to, to discuss within that if that makes sense and, and, and to and to celebrate um i mean it's like i think like it's kind of obvious that you know you add a decade or two or three or four um to a movie like of course there's gonna be things that are become dated because values change right right exactly you know yeah, value values change. You know, you know, culture changes, and the media reflects the culture. Media also informs the culture and reinforces ideas within the culture. But it's it's, it's cyclical, right? Um, it, it, and it becomes this feedback loop. But I guess like per, it, for me, maybe somewhat it comes down to a matter of personal taste. It's like I'm not particularly like invested in um, contemporary cinema within the mainstream. And as a result, I'm not going to be as interested in kind of the uh, the the commercial gay films and uh, trans films that are uh, like easy for you know this the uh, cis heteronormative um, structure. I guess I, does that kind of answer your question? <laughs> No, no, yeah, I think it does. Uh, but to to kind of add on to that, I, I know you sort of addressed this, but do you think that this type of trade-off, uh, I mean, in a larger scale is, um, I guess, what's the word I'm looking for, um, kind of justified where, you know, like now we have um, these more sanitary stories that are like more approachable to like a wider audience. Do you think that is... A, a much better world to have than like the opposite like the past where it's like these yeah. stories are relegated to like very niche circles or what, what would your well, take be on that well it, it's twofold in a lot of ways there's pros and there's cons because on one hand and i 
I don't, I, I'm speaking for my own personal interest, not necessarily speaking for everybody, but like, I, I think that, um, a pro is that it, it shows that, Hey, we are making progress in, in society and it, it makes sense. Things are becoming normalized. On the other hand, it's not just normalized, but it, it also starts serving the interest of kind of like, um, kind of these big corporations in a way where it's like this is marketable it's the marketable queerness and in some ways it kind of like strips you know it, in some ways it can be exploited at that point um if that makes sense um it, but it, but i mean but you kind of get that with just <laughs> just like art under capitalism in the first place so i it, i don't know it's it's uh even that it's 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 kind of complicated, but I think like the average person is like, I just want to live my life and I want to be respected, right? You know, for their like, you know, sexual and gender identity, right? Um, it makes sense. I, I, I'm not, I don't want to like act like they don't have any points or, or there's nothing like worthy within their kind of like perspective. It's just that like, I just wish people kind of thought a bit more broadly um, at the same time. So, but I think it's like it's. It, I think it's both negative and positive in some ways, right? Right. That yeah. Sense? Yeah. There's like, on one hand, you know, you have these stories that expose people to, you know, um, these ideas. Even yeah. even if it is in a sanitized sense, it still nonetheless exposes them yeah. to these ideas. But at, you sometimes risk like you know, the core foundation of the queer experience. Yeah, but at the same time, I don't, I don't want to like kind of like tie anything down to essentialism because it's like I don't think like queer people need to like, you know, in their essence, be, you know, figures of, of, you know, I don't, they don't necessarily need to be ostracized. They don't need to be the outsider. They want to be inside. They want to be accepted. And I get that. But it's, but at, nowadays it's not accepted. It's more like accepted to the interest of corporate pandering um you know next thing i kind of want to like expand that topic uh, one thing that i've kind of seen like um on uh youtube is there's kind of like these like debates uh, um i think it really became popular with like the, the 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 ghostbusters remake the one in 2016 and then and then also like with Last Jedi and, and all those kind of films um, where people were kind of like, you'd get, I don't know if some of them would probably be like a right wing, others would be centrist. You get these people that kind of like are opposing these movies and they start opposing them for kind of like political reasons. Like, oh, this is like, just like feminist propaganda. And then as a result, or, or like queer propaganda, blah, blah, whatever. You know, um, but then you'd get the kind of like a lot of like YouTubers are a bit more liberal or left leaning or, or supposedly um, that would be like defending like those very movies. But I think sometimes like what I saw a lot with kind of like the Last Jedi discourse is that sometimes it was it wasn't really like they were defending the movie. They're just trying to defend. They're trying to defend it because their opponent, I guess, like disliked it. So anything that they think must be um everything that they think must be wrong so therefore they they start shilling disney and they start acting as if like disney isn't um isn't like trying to pander to people that it isn't trying to just like you know fill their their own like um straight white employees uh pockets with with with, with money and that's ultimately what they're doing i i do think that like uh, some films are 
virtue signaling in the sense where it's like, hey, look at me, look how progressive I am because I have a a kiss that lasts, a kiss between two women that lasts for um, two seconds in the background of this movie that gets edited out when we uh, send it off uh, to some countries. Um, no, that's not progressive, that's pandering. And that's actual, that's like literal virtue signaling. So sometimes um, I think that's like some centrist and kind of right-wingers, like they, they kind of like see these things and they think, yeah, this is kind of pandering. They, they acknowledge that there's a problem, but their ultimate kind of like evaluation of it is kind of way off, right? So then it, so then it becomes a thing of like SJWs versus anti-SJWs. And it's just kind of, and it's like, ultimately all it's doing is just creating more press for like Disney and all these other things that are just kind of like, you know, exploiting the outrage, right? And you, you saw this a lot with like Ghostbusters. And I mean, I think that, you know, Ghostbusters is not a good movie whatsoever, but you have people kind of pretending it is because they want to be on the right side of like politics, I guess. But it's like, no, you're just like, you're just like trying, you're ultimately just like fulfilling like Sony's interest, if that makes sense. Do, am, I, am I kind of making sense? Cause this is kind of like, some of the frustrations I've had with like um, YouTube and the way that they kind of like approach media. Um, but yeah, I try to kind of think outside of that kind of like realm where it's like, yeah, there's this little fighting, but like who are you really, like at what cost? Like who you're really kind of like promoting in the end, you're promoting these giant mega corporations. In some ways it's somewhat inevitable, but like I try to be a bit more critical if that makes sense. Right, I got you. I guess just like to step away from like the modern sense, I guess just queer cinema in general. I, I've always kind of struggled with this whole idea that um, like a lot of uh, queer stories, obviously, they don't handle the topic directly. Rather, it's told through like allegory, you know, to so where like, you know, what's happening is just like a stand in for, you know, this um, queer idea or this, you know, idea in like sexuality or what have you. Uh, I always wondered, in your opinion, is that like, is given the modern context and like the modern political landscape, is this a good way to approach a lot of queer stories like through allegory or do you think it has to be something that should be focused on more directly and stripped away from, you know, any possible misinterpretations that could come from you know. kind of like be more direct and kind of and less metaphorical i mean i think there's a place for both um you know i think that something like uh clive barker's films like hellraiser and uh what's the other one um i can't remember the name of it was it what's that called clive oh, one second clive barker candy man it's, uh Nightbreed, Nightbreed, Nightbreed. The thing about Nightbreed is like, and, and Hellraiser in some ways, like, I think those are very queer films. They're not really explicitly, they're not exactly directly queer, if that makes sense. And they're queer by metaphor, but I think that there has been a lot of kind of like underground, like like queer films that are just direct, like, hey, yeah, this is a gay movie. You know, if you think about like somebody like uh, Greg Araki, he made a uh, Mysterious Skin uh, and some other films um, that are quite good. Um, there are there are definitely queer filmmakers that make queer stories, um, even within the United States. It's just that um, it, it's true that the ones that were really successful, the ones that are kind of like a bit more in the mainstream, like for a while they were a bit more metaphorical. But I think that they had to do what they had to do to get there. You know, some people will say that um, the Matrix even is kind of like this trans uh, 
metaphor or allegory. Um, I haven't like looked into that too much, um, but but that's kind of like a uh, an argument that's made, and a lot of people are like, "Wait, what?" And um, in some ways, it kind of shows like, I guess the my my rhetorical question in response, I guess, would be like, "Is it is something really expressed if nobody actually gets it?" <laughs> you know. Um, and I think yes, because I think ultimately there are some people that get it or by intention or you can read it maybe with hindsight. Um, but I, I think there is like, I think what you're asking is kind of a legitimate question. Like what looks best like metaphor or um, kind of like literal. And I think that there's just a place for both ultimately. I think we should have both. But I think that like what Alfred Hitchcock was doing and Alfred Hitchcock was quite um, problematic in some ways. So I don't want to like pretend otherwise, but he um what he would do he would cast like gay and i think bi actors um in his films and he would also and this is back during you know like um like strict censorship right about like what can be in these movies but if you watch rope that's 1948 i do believe um it it, it follows like these two like um gay criminals i mean they're, they're obviously gay it's not explicitly said, but they, but they just are, if that makes sense. Um, I think Strangers on a Train also have this uh, kind of subtext. And, uh, like, what he would be doing with a lot of his films is he would ultimately be kind of legitimizing queerness um, through subtext, right? Because I think in some ways, like, people had to do what they had to do in order to normalize things. Um, but they kind of would have to, like, beat around the bush in some ways. They'd have to... But that's just kind of the environment and the culture that that things existed in if that makes sense um right uh so it's like it's, but ultimately i think like what you would get is kind of just a more of an approximation a vague kind of like representation or a vague kind of like um connection to like the actual experience and I think there definitely are some limitations with metaphor, but I think it does have its place. I just think that there should be a wide variety of different things, if that makes sense. Um, and I, I mean, and, and that's true too. It's like, as much as I like kind of the idea of like the queer tragedy, I, I, I don't think that that should be what like queerness is limited to in, in film. It's just that what I think I've kind of been noticing, and I could be wrong here, because I think like some, I think like Netflix and A24 don't really apply here but i think that hollywood in general you know these big studios in general like they have been getting like more like um they kind of beat around the bush with sex in general lately and, and sometimes romance in general they, they want to have more and i get part of it's like backlash for years was like hey can we get something else other than a man and a woman uh just uh you know falling in love in every single story i get it but nowadays like you kind of get like less sex and things and i'm not i'm not saying that i need sex and everything uh, it's just that like uh, it's it's kind of a question like do you, are we kind of becoming more sanitized are we kind of becoming a bit more family friendly where there may be a place for that but i don't think it should be like everything that kind of encompasses kind of like mainstream like kind of like um cinema for grown-ups i guess um and because i have noticed this because like i think the danger is like when you when you start entering kind of in a relatively not sexless but relatively sexless kind of um environment and that's when you start kind of like 
legitimizing queerness, there's a problem there, I think. And the problem is like, hey, you're legitimate, but like nobody really has sex now. <laughs> and it's just, it, and I, I don't know, it's, it's just kind of a, uh, it's a subject that kind of is like, yeah, I think that we're kind of becoming softer, you know? And, and I think that part, and the fact that Disney bought out Fox is not going to help that. Um, and then everybody wants to compete with Disney. Everybody wants to have things that are family friendly, that things that are like um, wholesome. And there's a place for wholesomeness. I get it. And I get that in a, you know, in a uh, Trump and post-Trump environment and in a COVID and probably even a little bit after the post-COVID environment, we're going to have, people are going to want some kind of like relief from the tension. I get it. I just think that, I just don't want that to kind of like be represent kind of the whole of uh of of uh collective um experience as kind of a country if that makes sense and because i mainly talk about american films here i feel like french films are just as horny as they ever been <laughs> um right. yeah and different censorship i think right yeah there's the you know you just with different countries there's going to be different kind of like sets of kind of standards um and yeah like nowadays it's like there's no actual reason to kind of beat around the bush because we have so much like kind of like freedom of speech and it comes to a point where it's like yeah why can't we be a bit more kind of like direct about things right we don't have to limit everything to a metaphor we don't have to you know appeal to the sensibilities of like kind of like um you know the 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 dominant um viewpoint that has that has been so prevalent for so long right um yeah right i guess uh kind of as an as a more interesting follow-up to that you you talk about this whole idea of like um censorship in the united states in the sense that like you know uh and uh, let, let me just ask like you want us to like you think we should be more open about like exploring like sexual themes um directly yeah. uh, um one thought that I, I think I've read in a few articles here and there is that there's kind of this difficulty that you have with uh, films that uh, deal with uh, sexual assault in the sense that it's kind of some uh, some uh, places have advocated that like similar to uh, suicide in film that its actual depiction should be limited because you know there might be fears of like uh, you know, normalizing rape culture and uh, those ideas. Where, where do you think that line would be I've, for like tougher topics like that? So I've de I've definitely kind of considered this, and I will say that I completely disagree. And I think that some people do need content warnings, though, when it, when it comes to like dealing with things, and because people approach things differently. Some people can like get something kind of a cathartic experience out of something like kind of that's confronting their trauma in kind of a filtered uh you know simulated way um it, it's definitely true i i know people that are kind of like fall into both categories I, I i get it and but i think that like films should should directly address things to be quite honest i think films that beat around the bush when it comes to like rape are um sanitizing them more than anything else that may be a controversial perspective to have and um i do think there does come a point where you you may be asking like well is this really like doing anything or is it just kind of exploiting the idea by by depicting it and i think it, it you have to look at it from a case-by-case -case situation i think like either 
um, either conclusion can probably be extrapolated from something kind of like, uh, from something like I spit on your grave. Because um, I know some people that think that, you know, that are actually like sexual assault survivors that, that love that movie actually. And, but I think it's like very gruesome and, and kind of crosses the line where it's like, this feels like the direct, it feels like in my gut, it feels like the director's just kind of like getting off to this. And, and you know, but like, you don't know for sure. Um, because at the same time, it's like, yeah, I mean, you know, but if like, if we're supposed to be siding with the, with the, uh, with the victim that kind of like takes revenge and, and, and kind of like, and it's like, yeah, it's, per do we uh, celebrate that in the same way that we celebrate the beginning? You know what I mean? Uh, so I think there definitely are legitimate questions to be had about like when something is and isn't exploiting something. But I will say that I definitely do not think as an absolute that we should not ha depict like visually rape and things like that in films. Does that make sense? Right, I got you. Um, it's like it's a very difficult line to cross. Yeah. Um For me personally, I, I would err more on the side of caution, like with like content warning and things absolutely. like that. Because if you have well, like actual like orgs, you know, like um, you know, like actual like uh, mental health orgs saying that hey, maybe we should try moving away from this, and you know, if they you know cite studies and things like that, there might be more value in like approaching it from that angle, in a sense. I think I think some people can find certain things triggering, and I think as a society we need to actually like take that seriously. I, I really do, and that's one reason why I have content warnings in my videos, even though that I'm quite explicit and 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 sort of one could even say edgy when it comes to like being okay with what I show. I mean, in my last video I actually show animal slaughter in it. It it it, it it's part of it relates to the film though. Like it's not like it's not like just for the sake of edge, but it's like I'm very liberal when it comes to like what I'm okay with things showing, films showing, if that makes sense. Um, I think there are always legitimate questions about, there's two le big legitimate questions. Is something exploiting something um, to the to the point where it's not, where it's, it, it's hurting more than it's um, helping? Because um, one could argue that like any film capturing subjects is, is exploitation, uh, but that's a whole other topic that I'm not even going to get into. But like, just like, you know, in, in a general kind of widely accepted sense, like, you know, is like, is this, you know, simulated experience, like, is this exploiting? That's, the, that's one question to ask. The other question to ask is like, is this harmful, right? And in some ways it could kind of be like, it just depends on the viewer. And in that sense, it's like, yeah, maybe we should have content warnings before um, films. But what's wrong with that? I mean, that's kind of the whole idea of like MPAA, right? Like in, in like in like assigning ratings. I just think that that whole structure is like very like puritanical in how they rate things. And, and is a huge like, it's really kind of like been limited the potential of art, to be quite honest, because people are like, oh, we can't have being NC-17. We can't deal with these mature subjects. We can't deal with these mature like ideas uh, because we because because we get a lot less money because nobody's going to watch this movie because nobody's going to like screen these movies. And 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 I think there's, there's there's different questions to ask, but like as like I am definitely for above all else caution and sensitivity. I also am overall 
supporter of free speech, I, th I think like by and large, it, there's definitely areas where I think that there should be more careful consideration when it comes to like what's considered like hate speech or what's considered like harmful. Uh, I, 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 I can't help, but I really think that there is a place for kind of like, you know, using image to um, address these um, social issues, kind of these problems within society. And sometimes like, some people may find it in bad taste, but I think others may find it in good taste. And I'm what I'm really for is just like promoting open-mindedness in in uh, collaboration with sensitivity, if that makes sense. Um, and I, I I'm I think that it, it sets a bad precedent to to be like we must censor this, we must not no longer have this in this, we must you know so on and so forth. Um, but I do think that like, you know, suicide and, uh, and like, and like sexual assault do have their place like on screen, if that makes sense. I just think that like people, people have this, like, I just think that, that a lot of the discussions about it are kind of like misguided, if that makes sense. Um, but at the same time, if somebody is like, is like sensitive to certain things to the point where like, I can't like, function by like watching something like that. Why should there be a content warning? Who is a content warning really going to like um, affect? Right? You know, some people like it in what it lasts like what seven seconds, right? <laughs> um, like I, I, I haven't really heard a good argument against that, or, or like a good argument against that, I guess. Um, but uh, yeah, I do think that like film, in some ways, they can be harmful for some people. But just because something can be. Some people can be sensitive to something doesn't necessarily make me think that um, it should absolutely not exist, if that makes sense. I just think that some people should just not watch something. And we should kind of like understand that, that people come at things from different perspectives, that people have different experiences that kind of inform the way that they engage or don't engage with certain things, right? Um, but, yeah. Um, um, just as kind of a funny note, I don't know if uh, you, you noticed this, but uh, I actually remember like going on the YouTube page, and uh, I think they've added this. YouTube's added this as like a new feature, but I went to look up your most recent video, and they actually like if you're not like logged into your YouTube account, they actually like blur the thumbnail for your most recent one. My most recent one? Yeah. I don't know if it's just on, that. like, my browser or something, but, yeah, it's, like, just completely, like, blurred, and I've noticed that on, like, a few other videos, too. Did they notify you then at all? Or? Uh, I did. I, this is the first time I heard of this, actually. That's oh, I get the chance. I should probably, like, screenshot well, it for I, you. I think, I think that that's probably the case with, with some, like, videos that are age-restricted, and a couple of my more recent... A couple... I have quite a few... I have, I have some age-restricted videos this year, if that makes sense. YouTube has been a bit more picky lately, and I think also, like, I've been a bit more, um... Um... Ah, you're right. That is Yeah, it is, like, censored, right? That is so interesting. Not even... Some of them that are blurred aren't even, uh... Aren't even, uh, age-restricted. But I think it's, like... That's interesting. Huh. 
Well, um, we are approaching uh, the hour mark here. I guess uh, I, I would want to ask you one more question uh, for my audience, I guess, and as well as for y- your audience, if any of them are listening. Uh, what uh, what big projects do you have on the horizon for Style of Substance? Well, I think that I've the thing that I'm a little burned out with, with some of the things that I'm doing, um, I guess, because um, I've, I've released probably the so many long videos that like that like that are over like 40 minutes like that are over 30 to an hour or some are over like almost two hours and and i'm a little burned out when it comes to two things um heavy topics and um long videos that said i have promised people that i will do a uh um, another um, Star Wars video because my last one was like three hours. Um, I will do another one of those. Uh, I'll probably they'll probably come out next next year next year at some point. Um, but at this point, I want to kind of focus on a bit more smaller projects. That said, I am also writing a video about how Hollywood frames the Holocaust. So um, I'm a bit. Um, I don't know how well I, I can stick to my word when I say I'm just going to do less touchy subject matter unless and, and that'll probably be long too um but that's one thing that I'm, I'm those are a couple things i'm working on um I, I think like right now i'm kind of working on like my master's degree so I, I may be uploading a bit less before long or like at least like like smaller videos um i i have some things planned on the horizon but like at this point i kind of want to hang low because i feel like i've been kind of like dealing with like some like exhausting subject matter if that makes sense uh both in terms of like how long something is but then also just like the content does that make sense like and i think that i do want to uh i do want to kind of like demonstrate kind of a variety of things where i want to be um i want to like be open to all sorts of different types of films and discuss all sorts of different topics and I think that um, I'm open to anything just about within like within reason, within moral reason and within kind of like whatever what I consider to be my personal like creative integrity. Um, so I definitely have some stuff in store. I, I just don't know exactly at this. You kind of caught me at a point where like I'm uh, I'm kind of like approaching kind of like a uh, a crossroad, I guess, where it's like uh, I will be making stuff, but it's like my attention right now is a bit more on school, and then after that, it's I'm gonna have to find like probably a new job, and I, I don't really know I don't really know what like the next year is in store. Um, I, I have been like getting a, a more stronger audience, and I like that, and 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 I, and I love my audience, so like I it's gonna be hard for me not to continue making videos. I just don't know how like long a lot of them are and, and what my next like big project is if that makes sense right i got you well um we have hit the hour mark here uh thank you all so much for joining us today uh if you want to support the podcast you could do so in a number of different ways uh anchor gives you a subscription option that you could uh you know pay monthly to that would help support the show but if for whatever reason you can't do that um I also have a Ko-Fi account set up for one-time donations. Uh, I also have a merch store, so you could buy, you know, shirts, mugs, what have you. 
Uh, all this is linked on my Twitter account at Podcasting Pasta. Again, that's at Podcasting Pasta. All one word. The P's are capitalized. Jay, thank you so much for joining us. If you want to shout out your own socials, uh, where people can find your content. Um, yeah, well, first of all, there's there's YouTube style of substance. Uh, you can also uh, find me on Patreon. Um, and I'm on uh, Twitter. My handle is uh, substance is. Um, so, uh, yeah, thanks for having me. I, I, I enjoy it. All right. Thank you. And take care.